tonight's episode of Board Chitless is sponsored by The Game Steward. The Game Steward is an online game store offering Kickstarter board games out of print and imported games at reasonable prices. It's time to play. Hey there, Chitheads, and welcome back to another episode of Board Chitless. I'm Lecky, and this week I'm joined by... Tristan. And this week we've been fighting. We've been fighting each other, and we've been fighting other people. It's been vicious. It is, and it has. We've been playing Vikings and Street Masters. 878 Vikings. 878 Vikings. There's not, there's not 878 of them. It's set in the year 878 AD. There is an awful lot of Vikings in there, though. That, well, so yeah, we probably killed at least 878 <laughs> just tonight. <laughs> nice. But before we get into that, uh, we've got UK Games Expo coming up in the next few weeks. And a small games production company by the name of Hall or Nothing Productions are going to have a stand there. Is that I've right? Of, yeah, I've heard of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Show yep. off a few games. Where, where can we find you? Stand 1E8 for Hall or Nothing Productions Limited. Come and say hello and um, we'll have um, demo copies of 1066 Tears to Many Mothers, Gloomy Killforth and uh, Mark Chaplin's going to come down and join us on a Sunday with Lifeform as well. So uh, if you're listening and you're coming to UK Games Expo, make sure you come and say hello at stand 1E8. 1E8, brilliant. I can't wait to go in there, see you there and have a little word with Mark as well. It'll be nice to chat to him after post-Kickstarter success. Yeah, yeah. It's been um, it's been a while, actually. We were on the phone with each other all day, every day. <laughs> and then it's been sort of a chill down time after the campaign now as we get all the files sorted and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it should be good to hang out and have some beers and games and stuff. Nice. So if you want to say hi to Tristan or Mark, just head over to UK Games Expo in the next few weeks. Looking forward to it. Woo! So Street Masters is a combat game by Adam and Brady Sadler, who we interviewed way back when in episode nine. So if you wanted to hear them talk about some of their previous projects, as well as Street Masters in particular, just rewind your time machine and SoundCloud or iTunes and go and visit there. Um, but we had great fun playing Street Masters. Yep, cooperative game, one to mm-hmm. four players, um, recreating the old beat-em-up arcade games of uh, Streets of Rage, Double Dragon, Final Fight, that kind of thing. Yeah, it does it really well, doesn't it? It's yeah. very evocative. There's a lot of other, like, um, did I say Street Fighter? You said Street Fighter, Final Streets Fight, Double Rage. Dragon, Streets of Rage. So it's like it's like the beat up sort of arcade ones, but also this is more of the co-op one, like Double Dragon, where you're yeah. teaming up against hordes of yeah, they just of keep coming at you. Foes. But very clever, very interesting designs. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's, um, there's a lot to like. I think there's a lot of decks floating around. The board itself, it seems it's very compact, isn't it? It seemed almost. I'd say almost disappointingly small, (laughs) almost until you get into it. Yeah. Because um, I was like, what? Just one tile, you know, be through this in a matter of seconds, but no, it makes the tile very interesting. It's got um, some clever mechanics whereby you pick a tile that you're going to fight on. Yeah. And that gives you a deck of event cards. Yes, it does. Tell you the scenario. So, for example, tonight we were fighting in a cryogenic chamber that was churning out clones of bad guys who, if we didn't stop them in time, they would power up and come out of the tubes and attack. And that is independent from the enemy deck that you then choose. So the enemy deck dictates the boss and the boss's minions and the boss's attack cards that come out. Then each player chooses a hero, and each hero plays radically different. We got all the Kickstarter shebangs, so... 
there's a load of stuff in there. There's loads of different characters. And you were playing as Brandon, Brandon Lee. I was Lee. playing as Brandon Lee, yeah. <laughs> and I was Clint with the hat and the gun. Yeah. Not Eastwood, somebody else. And we were up against the kingdom, uh, led by the female version of M. Bison, who <laughs> <laughs> is was the jackal. But it was, it's like Sonia V. and Anderson had a love child, and then yeah. that's what you had. So it's um, a lot of the artwork and the characters, they close very close to some intellectual property or some like familiar faces, <laughs> such as Bruce Lee. The artwork um, by Creation Studio, who yeah. we've worked with before. And, and they've done a very good job with really it. Good job. Yeah. Very sort of cartoony, stylized, street fighter images they look really good yeah really That's nicely really done good. almost like a the way that the lighting and the shading's been created almost like the images that you used to get on the back of games or on the side of arcade cabinets yes yeah, yeah. loads of like really nice lens flares and twinkle bits and stuff and um it's just they've done a really consistent job as well it looks like all the cars were produced by the same artist everything looks the same feels the same nothing feels really shanky in it and it's just, it's yeah, like you said, it gives you just a nice retro feel. Yeah, and it's um, it is weird because you'd think for something like that, you'd think, you know, how do you capture a sort of button bashing game, you know, yeah. and give it depth and complexity? But actually, that's exactly what they've done. Um, so it's a dice roller miniature, yeah, um, game. Miniatures are okay quality. The dice rolling is driven by the cards. Yeah, and one of the sort of consistent things in the Sadler Brothers games is that you always feel like you can do something. You've always got good choices. Like in yeah. Warhammer Quest, you choose from four different actions, um, but that sort of gradually limited you. Those actions yeah. were used up and then they're gone. And they kind of got rid of that with The Walking Dead and it became more like, oh, I can do a bunch of cool things a turn. And this takes that to another level again, I think. Yeah. So each your characters can move three spaces. It's pretty standard. Then you can do an attack action, which is also pretty standard, but you can buff your attack actions yeah. depending on which cards you've got in play. And then you can play a card as well. Yes. And the cards give you like mega buffs and they can be a tactic card that stays in play. It could be an attack card or it could be a cool ability card or it could be some crazy combo type thing that unlocks other cards and then all of a sudden you start playing like five or six or as you did you had one oh, crazy it, turn where yeah it just never ended it was like nine nine or ten cards coming out and and they give you extra dice to roll against the bad guys and then the dice rolls themselves give you hits on the bad yeah. guys but they also power up your defenses and then you use your defenses when you get attacked and you can turn them into power that That's makes it. you charge up and then you can become super powered there's a lot a lot going on but the turns are are quite sort of yeah, swift. It all, it all happens quite quickly, doesn't it? Like you're saying, you get you can um, get five successful block actions. So you, the actions, the attacks, sorry, are broken down as to either grapple, punch, or kick. Yeah, and then your blocks act as like these combo breakers. So if um, an enemy rolls a grapple attack against you, you've got a grapple defense. That grapple defense not only stops them from hitting you, but then turns into a, a charge power icon. You get five of those. And you turn into like, it's like, um, is it hyper mode in Street Fighter? <laughs> and it's like kicking ass. Yeah. And it's just, it's really nice because it's a bit like um, the Limit Break in Final Fantasy VII. You take a load of damage, but then all of a sudden you beef up and you get to give it back again. Yeah. And they can be crucial in getting rid of some of the heavier monsters. <laughs> Clearing the area. Yeah, quickly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that, that felt really nice because when I um, broke into that mode, I got three red dice, three attack dice. And then I got to use all my combos in my hand of cards. And they kept 
letting me draw another card and use that combo or discard a card and use a new combo. Um, it just seemed like I was just like, you know, going through all these guys just yeah. really quickly, really efficiently, just mullering. And that was, that's what was really nice because occasionally, sometimes in combat games, you feel like you have to spend a bit too much time just kiting and waiting, yeah, waiting for the right opportunity to attack or to get to a certain objective and then roll that over. I know um, some besides sometimes felt like you just had to go and kick the door open and then flip over the title card and then move over to your mate who'd actually yeah. get to attack zombies and kill things. And the zombies AI is very sort of rudimentary in zombie side. Yes. Um, and this is sort of like a leveled up version of that. So this yeah. sort of AI thing came in with, um, really it came in with Castle Ravenloft, I think, with um, cards dictating what the enemies do. Yeah. And it's usually a variation on move and attack which these are as well. Yeah. Um, but they all have other little cool abilities as well where they yeah. might get extra defense tokens or they might combo off each other, heal each other up, um, make themselves inexhaustible, which means you can't sort of tap them out. Yeah. Um, and and we've really not even scraped the surface here because the combination of enemies that you can use in each deck is yeah. huge. Well, there's, you know? there's tons and still in the box that we didn't use. Yeah. And we didn't even we didn't even see all the cards in our own deck. You know, we played a couple no. of times. We got our ass kicked once. <laughs> yeah. We played again. Well, we got our ass kicked twice. We did. Um, and you know, there were still cards in our own decks surprising us as they were coming out. And you're like, oh, that's sort of an interesting yeah. cool thing. And there's a lot going on in the game. So the scenario itself, you've got to keep your um, keep on top of you know like these clones coming out of the tube tanks or whatever whilst the other minions are running around doing their thing yeah but also the boss is doing her thing as well and she's got <laughs> minions powering her up and so you're sort of juggling a lot of different things at once and there's loot crates you can open loot crates and get turkey or <laughs> like a, a lead pipe which you can smack against yeah the lead pipe came out a few times or energy shurikens, drinks to energy help drinks. you uh, boost up sooner yeah and then uh, sneakers to power up your kicks yeah, all, of course all put them on for a quick there. kick <laughs> yeah um, you gotta look fly while you're yeah. uh, kicking people in the face and there's loot crates lying around but you also get loot whenever you kill a bad guy so you're incentivized yeah. to like get rid of the minions as well and yeah no there's a lot that to really enjoy um the scenarios are all interestingly designed i've only played a couple three i played a solo mm. game before you came to learn yeah. the rules and that was again completely different bad guys and completely different story and um completely different character yeah and i should touch on one thing that we've not even looked at as well which i've not even read the rules mm -hmm. to yet is the story mode so you can play like a campaign oh nice yeah and it's got like an ongoing story arc and we're not even looked at those cards yet so that's so you'll move through the different come. scenarios yeah we've been playing arcade mode story. which is like yeah. a one-off love know. it <laughs> <laughs> exactly so that'd be interesting as well you can level up your character so the cards yeah. in your deck you can improve on and stuff and the a lot of the icons used um in throughout the game and i, I noticed as well in the rule book when i had a quick flick through they're really evocative of the you know the tutorial modes that you used to get in like tekken Oh yeah. So it'll pop up. It'll show you what buttons you need to press for certain like hits and stuff. And it, it just it just feels very video game. -y. Yeah, you start on a joystick space, <laughs> exactly. don't yeah. you? Before you head out to battle the bad guys and stuff. Yeah, and um, going back to the minions and that, the way that they operate with their cards, like for their AI, there's not a lot of text on there saying what they do, but I feel like there's enough. But it gives them a lot of um, character, and you really feel like what they're motivated to do when they come out. Yeah. So you know, pretty much, we have to play in the game or you're seeing them once. So the, like the uh, marionettes are going to start hunting us down and trying to kick off of us and help um, set off objectives, and we need to try and like kite them and get them rid of them sooner because they're going to make the boss stronger. Yeah. Whereas, like you know, the other 
baddies that come out, we can kind of ignore for a little bit. And then before you know it, you've got like 20 people on the map with you and you just yeah. can't deal with it. And you're wondering what happened. Um, but it was just, it just, it, everything feels really sort of fluid and subtle. There's a little bit of downtime between rounds when you've got to activate the baddies. Yeah. In fact, work out what they're doing. But once you've been through those motions once or twice, you're not, it's not really slowing you down. And I think it sort of evokes really well what you're doing on turn to turn as well. Yes. The, um, I really liked The Walking Dead, but one of the um, minor issues I had with it was some of the actions were a bit mechanically disconnected. You were sort of like, what, what am I actually doing? What's the character actually doing here? Yeah. He's giving somebody else, um, I can't remember what all the different stats were now, but you're sort of giving somebody else morale whilst healing your own morale and yeah. attacking with... Um, words and stuff and it was just a bit sort of they were cool and the abilities were interesting but it was a bit little bit disconnected whereas here you definitely know I'm kicking someone in the face <laughs> and I'm using like a mega like yeah. lightning power kick to do it or yeah. a one inch punch you were doing a half inch it. punch and stuff like that and I was firing shurikens at people and shooting them and yeah so you're, you're always doing a cool arcade move and nipping around the map doing that yeah so it just feels nice it feels like it's simplistic but interesting and and dynamic you could be grappling someone punching them kicking them or any sort of variation on that boosted by the cards in your hand and the cards are always interesting the decks are the big enough that i think you have three of each card yeah um but there must be like 10 you know different types of cards in each deck so you've always got like cool things going on and tactics that you bring in that power up every card that you play and yeah the cards start feeding off each other quite quickly. Yeah, and, and you feel you always feel like you're achieving, which is, you know... That's right. And in the unlikely event that you do kind of max out on cards or you, the cards that you need to attack somebody don't come into play, then you've always got your basic attack on your character card. Yes. So there's, yeah, there's always something to do well, there. Yeah. So it's like some, once or twice in the first round, um, you'd end up with just tactics, which are great when you get an attack card, but you don't have an attack immediately so you can rely on that yeah um or if you've got no baddies to attack then you can just cash in your action point for a defense um die so you roll the die and it'll tell you if it's a grab a kick or a yeah. punch that you're going to absorb next time to a loot crate or whatever which is what we ended up doing the most wasn't yeah. it really or you can attack with an action card that you got in play like your character action card yeah. and you can attack again with your action card in hand which led to you sort of kicking some serious butt in a couple of moves that we didn't expect, you know, yeah. you get someone down to one health and then you're like, oh, actually, no, I can finish this guy, you know. And yeah, there's nothing better than uh, <laughs> kicking somebody through a plate glass window <laughs> and realising you get two extra damage for doing it. Yeah, and it you is, can hit the person behind them as well. <laughs> yeah, this is really nice. And without the need of bringing out loads of different types of obstacle tokens, the Saddlers have really managed to bring that feel to life so you do really do feel like you're kicking someone through a cryogenic tube <laughs> yeah. um, even though you just moved them back a couple of hexes on a tile i'm just gonna look see what's on the side the other side it's like oh, oh like a big sort of office space as well so yeah each tile is like double-sided and the graphics are quite sort of nice yeah um, uh, the graphics on the tiles graphics on the cards are sort of pretty standard you've got like a red heart for health and silver shield for shield and stuff but the artwork and stuff is pretty cool as well. Yeah, it's it's really nice. And, and there's, there's just loads of game in it. I, to be fair, I did get all the Kickstarter extra stretch yeah. goal business. So, but <laughs> like it barely fit into two standard size boxes. And um, the, yeah, your, your picture on um, 
uh, the Facebook group was about three boxes all stacked on top of each other. <laughs> it was like five, I think, when it came yeah. and yeah, all condensed down. Um, and it's overflowing with tokens as well. Yeah. You, end up with, you do stack up and the bosses and the baddies stack up all these defense tokens and stuff. Um, and of course, damage. Yes. Of damage being done. Can't forget that damage. Do, uh, is any of the extra content available as expansions or is it all? Pretty sure, yeah. I don't think there's any Kickstarter. Well, don't quote me on that, but I don't <laughs> think there was any Kickstarter exclusive stuff. There might have been one or two bits and pieces, but um, I think if, I'm sure if they've got any sense, it's all it's all available. <laughs> and you can get like the Double Dragon set as well, which is it's Adam and Brady <laughs> in the game <laughs> as like the twin tigers, I think they're called. Um, so yeah, we'll have to play as them next time. That'll be a pretty interesting game. It's, um, it's definitely one to go out and grab if you're a fan of your arena combat and you're just looking for something fresh and exciting. I think this one would be a really good recommendation. Yep. Excited to play it again. Looking forward to exploring it more. Wicked. Let's get down on that. And then we will turn to 878 Vikings. More fighting, but on a larger scale. On a much larger scale. With feuds. So um, 878 Vikings is a... I'm going to say area control game. Yeah, for one, two to four for players. For two to four players uh, from Academy Games. And is this another Kickstarter? It was a Kickstarter, yeah. It's very, very successful Kickstarter. And um, it's set in the year 878 AD. And it um, rather sleekly recreates the invasion of England by uh, the Vikings. So you've got a map of England, um, divided into the four sort of kingdoms as they were at the time. And the Viking players or player uh, invades and it's a little bit like an advanced risk. And that's probably going to put loads of people off in saying that. And I don't mean that um, to denigrate this game. Like a, a much more complicated version of risk. Well, it's it's very not risky. that much more complicated. It just plays so much better yeah. and it's much more elegant, um, but it's similar sort of principles where you're limited by a certain amount of dice, no matter how yeah. many guys you throw at somebody else. Um, but the dice have cool effects on them. You can route uh, the enemy. You can route your own guys if you're not <laughs> yeah. careful. You can do damage. Like the harder units do more damage. And if you pull out, if if the Vikings attack a city, then the the English can raise a fjord yep. to assist their house carls and their defenders, the thanes. Um, which is a really cool little mechanic because it's exactly yeah. what they did. You know, they enlisted the peasants to come out and throw pitchforks at them <laughs> or whatever they could grab. Yeah. And there's every chance that when the fjord turns up, they'll immediately run away <laughs> because the dice roll, the you know, the, the dice are stacked against the fjord doing damage. Yeah. But as we saw in our game, I was the Vikings, you were the English, and the fjord often turned the tide of battle. And they were really surprisingly so. Yeah, they soak up hits and occasionally even deliver yeah, them. You know. it was, I think there was two battles where the feud were the only men still standing at the end of it, which was <laughs> frankly ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it's another. It's completely different to Street Masters, but another very evocative game with the way it handles its theme. You basically, like Chris was saying, you've got this huge map of England in front of you broken down into loads of little kingdoms, some with cities, some without, and... Um, and then there's some that will give you uh, rec- give the English forces recruits at the start of each of their turns. So it's obvious 
which ones you want to try and hold on to, which ones you can kind of give up, and which ones are just for affairs. Yeah. Um, and it's just as obvious to the Viking players as it is to you. And, and that's the meat of the game, really. It's how do you go about defending these places whilst also making sure that you're pushing the Vikings back from all the cities that they inevitably sold, um, stole from you? Yeah. And it's about not spreading yourself too thinly oh, and going yeah. on a joyous rampage across the English countryside as the Vikings <laughs> and then realising you've left a trail of like single units <laughs> across the entire length of the country, That's which it. are instantly dominated. Which wouldn't be so bad, but the um, all the Saxons managed to regroup and yes. then come back at you. <laughs> yeah. it was, um, There's loads of lovely mechanics in it. There's yeah. like, so so the, the, there was... Um, a consistent case of your thanes running for the hills like when they battle would started never stay but the interesting thing is with this game if if a unit's killed it's just removed back to yep. the pool and it can come back the next time you reinforce or whatever but if a unit is routed um it runs away but yep. comes back later yeah. on so uses discretion as the better part of valor <laughs> which um didn't seem to bother us too much at the start of the game but then there was just that one decade or year or whatever yeah. where you had a stack of about 30 guys in this sort of routed pool. So basically all these yeah. English warriors wandering the countryside, um, f- discovering each other and regrouping and then coming back en masse to kick serious Viking arse. And it's just right. another great clever mechanic. So the game's played over seven t- seven rounds. Yes. There's four different factions. In a two-player game like we had, you play two factions yeah. each. So I was the Vikings and the Norsemen and the Berserkers. Yep. Yeah. And you were the Thanes and the house cards. So in a four-player game, you'd split that and play one faction each. Yeah. There's a unique thing where you don't know who's going to go in which order in the round. Yeah. And whoever goes first gets reinforced at the start of their turn. Which is glorious. It's the best part <laughs> about the rubbish. turn. <laughs> no. no, it is. It's brilliant. Uh, and that's the thing that you're waiting for when you've got your forces stretched oh, really so thinly. Is. So the English um, reinforce the towns that they occupy. Whereas the Vikings are waiting for the boats to land and the new leaders to come over with the horde, the next Viking horde. And it was our first game, so we didn't know how that was going to play out. But those hordes get sort of bigger as time goes on. Yeah. Um, And of course, the English reinforcements get bigger over time as well. So the stakes are constantly being raised. And the way that the battles play out, they go back and forth. You never know. You know, there was there was sometimes where you thought it was going to be a sure thing, yeah. And then one brave Uhtred style warrior would be holding <laughs> out against an entire like army. I mean, what did you think of the way the battles play out with the dice rolls? And stuff? The, it was it's very I'll be 100%, swingy, hundred percent honest. It's very swingy because it is very luck dependent. The the dice are balanced, like you were mentioned before, with the um, thirds. I think you roll a six and they'll kill somebody. You roll anything else, and then you would just stand there. Or just I think, I think it's away. a five or six. Is it a five or yeah. a six? So there's like two sides where they'll hit, yeah. one side where they don't do anything, and like three sides where they'll, they'll run, just run. I think. Yeah, yeah. So you're not you're not expecting them to hang around or do much damage. <laughs> but when I turned up, I got one card. I already had a, quite an army out, and then you draw a feud card, which says how many um, guys come up. actually turn up. And I think each number represents about 200 people or whatever. So I've got one card where I've got five feared little units to come out. So like the maximum, about, yeah. Yeah, so I've got a thousand people out on already a pretty decent army. I was like, yeah, we're going to do this. Roll, first roll and half of them run away. <laughs> um, but then the rest of them just keep fighting and I managed to get some good hits in there. Yeah. And you just never know which way the dice is going to go no. for you. And 
when you do need good luck is you just guaranteed <laughs> it's going to desert you but that, there's the fun in the game though yeah there's some devastating battles on both sides exactly know, where it, like you rolled all hits on like six or seven dice yeah and that can decimate an entire army can't it exactly and it would be i think there would be a lot of people that would accuse the game of being too luck based but if it wasn't like that then that whole idea of pushing do, your luck pushing your luck do i be quite conservative with the amount of troops that I put into this fight. Although I put in those extra few, might lose them. They'll be out of this district so that I need them in to kind of shore it up for ne- next two turns. Yeah. But F it, let's just go for it anyway. And that decision wouldn't be the same if you knew that you had the cards in your hand to push it forward. Um, it'd be completely different. So we had such a good time, based, yeah. mainly based on how badly some of the <laughs> dice rolls were. Well, I don't, yeah, I, we might be playing that up too much because you do have cards that can mitigate the rolls. Oh, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. like yes. section shield walls. Yeah. You can have traitors in the enemy camp, you know, who turn yeah, like to the other side and stuff. You can bribe, you know, the enemy. and So you, there are ways to affect yes. certain battles outcomes. And of course, you know, how much you're stretching yourself across the countryside. And we had some we had some great little narrative moments, like I was dreading all the way through the game, <laughs> Alfred the Great turning up. So so the Vikings have leaders all the way through, and the leaders are great because they can guide armies around and they yeah. can drop off troops here, there, and everywhere. Um, and the English don't get any leaders. They just get hordes of uh, disparate groups all protecting their own yeah. self-interests. Well, it's the cities, isn't it? So we, yeah. the English reinforce from particular city sites. That's right. Which is good until the Vikings take them all away. <laughs> yeah, um, the, as the Viking, you're going to block those reinforcement sites. So you're going to take the yeah. big cities, which is a big resource investment because then to keep them, you need to keep Vikings there. It's just exactly yeah. what I wasn't doing. <laughs> but then, of course, when Alfred did turn up, he turns up with a big army and it's the chance for the English to unite and, you know, really take the Vikings to task and he lasted one battle <laughs> immediately. We rewrote history entirely. It was incredible. But there was, in a similar vein, you dropped four or five Viking leaders along yeah. throughout the game as well. And, you know, that can, that's a, that feels crushing as a Viking until the next yeah. leader turns up with a new horde as well. It, so It felt like quite early on then the leaders were under control. Yeah. Um, you'd get a new leader the next turn and then they'd just romp through the centre <laughs> of the board, which created their own problems. Um, but by killing, getting some decisive victories quite early, I feel like I just managed to get a good foothold on this Southern England where um, when we did, we did a bit of a training game, didn't we? We just yeah. played a turn each. And you just completely took over that side of the board, which is what I was fearful of. Managed to stop that from happening, but then you just went through the centre of it anyway. Yeah, well, and that's the great thing. So it starts off, you can only invade from the north. Yes. Um, but as the as time goes on, the Vikings got more daring and ventured further. And then you can start attacking from the south or even come from the other side of England and attack from yeah. the west coast and stuff. So that's implemented really nicely as well. You have to wait for the right leaders to come along to be able to do that. Yeah. But once you do, you can attack from anywhere and then, you know... It feels like you're screwed as the English because you don't know where that attack's coming from. But of course, exactly. you've got your reinforcements steadily yeah. coming in and all these developments of your own with Alfred and everybody yeah. on the way. So no, I think it, it, at any given point, it felt like it could have gone either way until yes. it didn't. And until <laughs> you managed to wipe me practically off the face of the of the world. Yeah, well, I was, I was lucky in a sense that more of my troops fled than were killed <laughs> in most of the battles. Um, so at the start of every fame um, turn, 
then I'd have about 40 people to add to the map by yeah. the end of the game. It was like pretty ridiculous, but at the same time, it was a lot of fun to just drop them down and see if we can clear up a few messes. And there's a lot of fun, excruciating decisions in which battles oh, to yeah. have. You know, you could have been really defensive and just sort of built up and waited for me to attack because the defenders get the advantage at the yeah. first attack, basically, the first roll. Yes. Um, and similarly, there's occasions where I'm like, well, I've taken a few cities here, but if I don't take the next one, he can reinforce right next yeah. door. Plus it's the third advantage. If I stay in a district that's got a city, yeah. I don't move out of that, then I know I'm going to get another like two to four pieces to help me next turn. Yeah. Whereas if I move away from that security, then, you know, I put myself Anything in could happen. But sometimes you just need to leave the fort. <laughs> sometimes you need to leave the fort yeah. and wipe out those vacuum scum. <laughs> Definitely. There's enough to this game to warrant replays. Um, you could play again, me as the English and you as the Vikings again, and you could get completely different leaders, Yes, which is quite nice. It just brings a bit Well, of... different order. I think it plays through the same way. No, well, there's about seven leaders, isn't there? Yeah. Um, um, and there's... If you if you don't win the game in round five like you did, <laughs> okay, you would yeah. see them all. You get through. Oh, I see. So yeah. You will get through them all. Yeah, you put down. So there's a treaty card, and you, um, if you play both the treaty cards from each faction on your side, you can potentially end the game earlier with lower conditions. So the the idea is to control as many cities as possible, and if the Vikings ever control fourteen, they win. And if the yeah. English wipe the Vikings out of England and they don't control any, the English win. But with the treaties, those numbers are reduced. Um, so I think you'll need nine cities as the Vikings to win. And if it's less than nine, the English win by default. Right. Okay. Um, so that's why it ended earlier tonight. There we go. You <laughs> rinsed us a lot <laughs> earlier. Um, but yeah, again, it's a Kickstarter and there's loads of extra expansion stuff which we didn't even touch. There's loads which change the game dramatically. Yeah, you can pillage churches. There's like new leaders. There's... Uh, forts and all kinds of other stuff which we've yeah. looked at this is really like adds a lot of like depth to the game yeah. really and again thematically it feels like we're planning the invasion of england or we're trying to defend it there's loads at stake and it's just it's just a fun puzzle to try and work out yeah who's going to take what and how are you going to take it back and how can you stop the english from you know clawing back from this devastating attack because the first the first round it's the um the norsemen go first isn't it at sort of start of every game the norsemen will go first and then the rest is down to chance so as the english veins and the house cattle so you just have to sit there and just take, take it take, <laughs> your, take your lumps and hope that you can get a few districts back yeah um but yeah it's just it's just a very interesting game it's, you mentioned Game of Thrones earlier, that, as in the yes, board game. Is. And it's like a super pared down version of that. There's a lot more yeah. going on in Game of Thrones, lots of backstabbery and diplomacy and stuff like that. This gets rid of all of that. You don't have to think about any... I mean, even the treaties themselves are only sort of like a, a consolation prize. Yeah. It's just war, out and out, yeah. murdering each other backwards <laughs> and forwards throughout the entire game. And how best can you do that? And where can you inflict the most hurt? Um, and I think in doing that and uh, just concentrating on that experience, honing it down, making it quite simplistic as well, because it plays very quickly, the turns play quickly. Yeah. Um, I think it succeeds really well. I think it does a really good job. There's even two districts of marshland, which um, I didn't bring into play. Oh, yeah. So in a really, really bad game, I suppose I could hole up in there and keep coming out and just 
as a point to Sally because the Vikings can't enter it, can they? Or they can, no one can enter it in the main game, land um, the marshlands. It's impassable. So there's oh, like four okay. shires which you can't move through. But there are scenarios as well at the back of the book that play a lot faster and they're, they focus in on a specific period. So they might only be over three rounds or five rounds. Right. And it would be like when Alfred was driven off to them to yeah. hide in the marshes and you play through that scenario as well. So that's yeah. yet another sort of spin on it that's in the basic game as well. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of events um, sort of brought back in cards. So like you're saying, when like Alfred was pushed back to the marshlands, there's the um, stone card. So there's a particular, it's, I think it's called like Alfred's Gambit. Yeah. And if you play that, then if you're fighting as the Saxons, then you can raise a feared card when you're attacking the Vikings, which is brilliant. Yes. It means you're going to get those extra units. <laughs> And it's yeah, and it's really evocative of a sort of like a last stand. Yeah. Um, and it just so happened when I did that, I just had all my units kind of pushing forward into <laughs> Winchester, which just made it even nicer. No, it was a nice touch. And yeah. again, as well, we played with the basic setup where you have um, a set of five event cards that get shuffled into your deck. So yeah. each faction has their own deck of 12 cards. Uh, most of the cards are movement cards. But you also get five event cards, which can be like shield walls and yeah. traitors in the enemy camp or spies or where Lecky can bring a massive army over the hill that I never saw coming <laughs> yeah. and all that kind of thing. And in the game, uh, in the box here, there's like each faction has another five event cards and you can swap those out and sort of customise your deck before the game. Oh, fantastic. So you sort of anticipate which cards may or may not come up um, as you play, which is another nice sort of variant. You know, yeah. So there's a lot, again, a lot of stuff that we've not even implemented. But for our first game, Played really smoothly, really quickly. You know what you're doing. You know it's war from the outset, from yeah. either side. Um, and you've got to be aggressive as hell. And also so defend your corners um, and not spread yourself too thinly like I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly it. Yeah, and we both had a smile on our face for the majority of the game. Yeah, Apart even from, though it's a head-to-head, like, direct yeah. competition, it was it was good. Yeah, it's, it's hard to take it personally, really, isn't it? Um, there was... <laughs> I think there was a couple a couple of turns where there was a slight amount of analysis paralysis where we were both slowed down to really consider what the repercussions were of our actions. Yeah. But there wasn't every turn. It didn't seem like that was happening too much. It's, no, and it was the first quite, game as well, so still yeah. processing that, like, new rules and things. But actually, um, it all sort of, it all boils down to quite basic things of move your armies yeah. here um, and shore up. Definitely, you've got, <laughs> to, don't. you've got to show it or don't and suffer the consequences. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to get back into this one. Definitely bring out the expansion stuff. There were some really interesting things in there. Churches, armorings, extra holy relics, Holy relics. Different yeah. objectives, yeah. So like um, the Vikings actually want to lose loads of Vikings in a battle so they can send them to Valhalla. Yeah. Um, so again, stuff that we've not even looked at yet, but it all looks really juicy and interesting. No, it does. It does look really good. And I love that it's based on history. And I love that yeah, it tied yeah. in, you know, so beautifully to the history. And it um, had, a, it had a, gr- a good amount of um, flavour text on the events as well, explaining yeah. why this is thematically correct. You know, it's like, this is what Alfred did. This is what's supposed to have happened here. So this is why we're doing this. Yeah, that really drew me to it. Um, to the campaign in the first place and yeah. uh, Uwe Eichhardt who who produced it as well we agreed to sort of uh, cross promote a little bit yeah. with 1066 to oh, nice. just because it was a similar sort of thing of yeah. putting history into the game and having like flavour text as history in that um, and I think we both sort of really appreciated 
the the angle that we've gone for there yeah. at the risk of self-promoting <laughs> we, we never do that on board shirtless do we no no no, no. <laughs> but no it was um it's good and the, at the back of the booklet as well there's about four or five pages that tell you about all the different characters and Ragnar Lothbrok yeah. and um all the and Rollo and all the other yeah. big Viking leaders so great one for nice the history buffs as well definitely, definitely absolutely yeah. And love with the moment with um, Bernard Cornwall's Last Kingdom books. Yeah, books. And, I know and the TV show and the TV show very loosely based on historical events, <laughs> but they're a lot of fun. And, and of then, course, Vikings the TV show. Yeah, yeah. I still, no, it's still need to get into that in the zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah. You've not watched it yet. I've still not watched it. You no. need to watch it. I need to get on it when I've when I've done Last Kingdom. When you finish with Utrecht Adventures, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's um, there's an awful lot to enjoy in this game. And it doesn't outstay its welcome, I don't think. It'll be interesting to see how we feel after, you know, six or seven more plays. Yeah. But with those expansions, do you just the amount of stuff in the expansion pack. And I don't even feel like we need to add them in yet. I'd like to yeah. play it as it is. No, there's, times, I think there's but, a bit more nuance to discover yeah. here and work out, you know, how to go about stuff. The board looks nice. The board's beautiful. The miniatures are teeny tiny. They're probably so less than a centimetre, so... Yeah, you need, they don't you roll need off to be careful. Table. We were um, accidentally flicking them off the edge of the table, weren't we, by accident? There's a few times when I think you coughed and half the pieces moved across. <laughs> if but, you're not a blundering idiot, you probably won't have any problems. Yeah, but but yeah. then I think that might just be savvy design because with some of, you know, if you're plonking churches down on the map and we've got arm, armbands moving back and forth between us, there's extra characters and leaders coming out, then you do need a bit of real estate and the board isn't exactly small. Yeah. This, but there's a lot going on there. Maybe someone might do some customised minis. Wow, it's just a little bit bigger. There is, I think there's a bigger board you could get as well. I didn't opt for that, I don't think. But it's like a gigantic version where you oh, probably cool. have life-size Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> you get some, um, like the casino um, pushes that they use for roulette as well. So you can just yeah. push chips across, push your units across. Especially more nice. like I do. Yeah. It's the end of that battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I draw the line up bringing a helmet out to the table. <laughs> Eight, seven, eight Vikings. Definitely, definitely another one to play. We need to play a game where we're not going to recommend it heartily. Yeah. At the end should, of we the play, should we next week play games that we hate? <laughs> Let's give it a go. Well, we could. What we the could problem do, is we don't buy those games. Games that we could potentially hate that we could get warmed up to. So I'll bring Munchkin round for you next turn. Okay. No, yes, I need <laughs> yeah, to play that. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Okay, we'll let's agree to hate it in advance teeth. and then we can vary the topic <laughs> and we don't sound like two gibbering enthusiastic cretins and we can go, this game sucked. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Right then. Well, we'll see you next week for another episode of Board Chitless. Until then, please feel free to comment on the Facebook board or um, on the iTunes feed or even on SoundCloud. So take care, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.